Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering in a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com. Leadership can happen at all levels, and um, you don't have to necessarily uh, wait for to be asked to be in a leadership position. It's actually about, sometimes about putting yourself forward um, if you really believe in something. And uh, I think um, something that, that, that um, I really want to create an environment around is providing those opportunities where people can, um, can do that. Welcome back to the podcast and great to be back with you here as always. Well, those are the wise words of Stephen Lynch, who is Acting Director of Business and Built Environment at Sustainability Victoria. Stephen's become a mate over the year. He's a colleague of mine at the Williamson Program, and he's had a really interesting career, having done other roles at Sustainability Victoria, having lived in the country and elsewhere, and having also been at Bank Australia previously and Bank Mehu. A quick thank you to our wonderful Patreon supporters who make it possible for us to put on the show each and every week. McCartan, uh, Stuart M, Joel F, uh, new Patreon Bonnie B and Misha D times too. Your support is invaluable and we really appreciate it. If you're enjoying Humans of Purpose each and every week and getting great value out of our content, maybe you're getting some inspiration that you, you need in the morning, maybe you're on your commute on the way back from work, you're learning about people who you want to meet up with in the future, and maybe you have met people through Humans of Purpose, either fellow listeners or guests on the show who have really given you some different uh, perspectives and added value to your life in different ways. Well, either way, I'd love you to join in some of our terrific community of supporters, including Bonnie, Stuart and McCartan and Joel F. And consider getting on board and helping us make this podcast sustainable and uh, to improve it over time and to really increase the amount of value that we can offer to our community. It is really hard in the podcast space to uh, make it sustainable. There are a lot of ongoing uh, costs and it, it's something I put a lot of time into each and every week. And with your support, I can really make the podcast grow and thrive and help it reach more people and also provide some great rewards to our Patreon community. One of those rewards is to give 20% extra content every week to our Patreon supporters. You'll get the deep dives. Uh, you'll get all the big questions, the curated Big seven, I call them, of questions that I always think about. Questions about impact, purpose, meaning, routine, uh, point of difference, and really how these people have been able to create very successful uh, lives and careers for themselves. And that's exclusive to our Patreon supporters. So to learn more and to uh, get on board and help support the podcast and the community, head to humansofpurpose.com slash support. Steve, great to have you here, mate. I've got the Acting Director of uh, Business and Built Environment at Sustainability Victoria. Mate, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. I sound unnecessarily out of breath. There's no reason for that. But uh, <laughs> I'm extremely happy that we could do this. We, we've got to know each other a bit through the Williamson program. We're both very much enjoying. Um, without getting too much into context, I'd love to hear a bit about your journey into your current role and where you're at today. Okay, yeah, well, at the moment, I'm uh, Acting Director of Business and Building Environment with Sustainability Victoria. Um, I um, So a little bit about me, I suppose. I grew up, um, for most of my, my, my childhood, I grew up in a little town in northwest Victoria in the Mallee, uh, Wimmera Mallee region um, called Birchip. And uh, growing up there in a small town of about uh, 800 people, as it was when I, when I grew up, um, very community-focused um very much a sort of place where if you wanted to get something done, you, you rolled up your sleeves and, and got into it. And 
Uh, my parents were um, pretty community-minded in their own right, and that sort of um, showed me a bit of a way forward. So um, I was always sort of in- involved in the community, whether it was through the youth group, um, organising junior basketball, things like that. Um, and then through um, schooling, um, I-, I had no real am- real great desires or ambition um, knowing what I really wanted to do. Um, but I went to, to – I, I, I got uh, reasonable marks in um, – Without, without outstanding marks, reasonable marks in VCE and decided to push myself and go somewhere a little bit different. So I, I uh, uh, went to, to Canberra to university and um, started off in uh, arts commerce and wasn't long after that I decided to stick to, uh, to straight arts and, and through that university experience really focused very much on um, the themes that ran through my arts um Arts degree were, were very much sociology, um, the environment, and politics, and, and it took me a while to figure out really where that came from. And really, for me, it was around trying to get a better understanding of the world that I lived in, and and this sort of interest that I've got in um, in the survival of the world and all things on it, um, humans, um, fauna and flora, and and it's those things that are sort of propelled me in my career so I moved back to Melbourne after three and a half fantastic years in in Canberra I moved back to Melbourne and um, like a lot of arts graduates at that time um, struggled to get a, a, a role um, in something I really wanted to do if I'm, if I'm honest and um, but at the same time I was looking for entry-level work um, and they must have thought who's your sort of 21 year old um, guy going for entry-level work but asking questions about the purpose of the company and what the, <laughs> <laughs> and what the company was really about. Whereas if you did that now, you'd be hailed as like a the incoming CEO. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually got a job for what was then uh, Members of Australia Credit Union and they had just a bit, just started their approach into um, sustainability and there was something I read on the website and it was clear they'd only just started because when I asked the person who interviewed me, I don't think they'd even read that part of their website. <laughs> but anyway, I, I got a job in an entry-level role and, and not long after they actually announced to all staff that they were going through a, a merger and then as part of that merger, they were really going to embrace sustainability and um, that excited me and uh, whilst my job at the time was actually processing checks um, that landed on my desk every day, um, I not long after that took took a, a sideward move and moved in as the admin person um, in what was the community development team at at, at, at um, what was then um, became um, members and education credit union or MECU, and that team was really about working with the community um, or the, the community as defined by that business to to really help that community, and that really interested me on a personal uh, level as well. And I thought, geez, isn't this great? I can do something that aligns with my sort of academic interests but also my personal interests and personal values. And I stayed with that business for best part of 14 and a half years and ended up um, in some really good roles um, in there and got to do some really interesting things. Um, and that, that organisation is now called Bank Australia and I was um, part of a team that um, really helped develop what they now call the responsible approach to banking and, and did some some really was involved in some really interesting projects in you know, landscape scale conservation the the, the, the bank has a, a conservation reserve and I was, I was part of um, getting that set up um, they were 
doing quite a lot of work investing in um, safe, secure, and affordable housing. And I was really involved in in that, but not only um, the, the funding of it, but also understanding the the social impacts of, of that kind of lending. And um, we did did a social return on investment for for um, community housing in Australia, and um, it was just a great spot to be. It really um, suited me as an individual. It's one of those places where sometimes um, the line between what was um, work and personal interests were quite blurred, yeah. which is pretty yeah. lucky to get in it. We in call it. that the sweet spot. Yeah, that's right. So, um, But after you know, four and a half years, it was just time to try something new. And um, there was a, a role advertised um, with Sustainability Victoria, and Sustainability Victoria was an organisation I had um, known of and sort of had an interest in. And um, a role as manager of education, and, and I'd had um, some involvement in, in education, um, having been to school, and um, <laughs> I, I'd had more than that. I'd had a, a, a lot of involvement with sustainability through my my work life at um, the bank. And uh, so, you actually uniquely saw things from that commercial side before you saw it from the government policy making side. Uh, yeah, I'm not. In terms of having a career with a bank, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I, I didn't come through the sort of usual um, APS kind of pathway. No, definitely not a, not a not an APS pathway. Um, and I think actually, even talking to some people after, so I got a job as manager of education at SV and um, Sustainability Victoria. And um, I think when it was uh, my role was announced internally, all of a sudden I had all these. Uh, People who are checking me out on LinkedIn, I think they were thinking, who the hell is this guy who's worked for a bank for 15 years coming to run an education program? It's corporate hotshot. Yeah, and, and, and what does he know about education? That's probably a fair question. Um, but I, I got to earn my substantive role when I'm not acting is is manager of education. And um, one of the great programs at Sustainability Victoria has had carriage over is uh, the Resource Smart Schools program. And it works with uh, – it's worked with over yeah, 1,400 schools now um, since it started, um, um, around 700 schools a year, helping those schools embed sustainability in everything they do um, from uh, p- tree planting to reducing electricity, waste, um, water – um, and it's a really amazing program. One of the things that I've loved about being in uh, a government organisation like Sustainability Victoria is seeing the difference you can have to, to people um, and to schools. You know, some of my, the best days that, that I've had in, in that role are actually not in the, the building at SV, but actually um, out in um, schools talking to um, 11 year olds who um, can articulate sustainability um, so well, um, are clearly passionate about it. Do you think that's a um, noticeable difference with the youth of today that they are better versed in things like sustainability, whereas maybe it took our generation a bit of time to come across the the terms, or maybe that's because the terms um, filtered through to uh, popular culture later. Yeah, I think it's just because it's become, because it's become such a, a prevalent issue that it's um, just filtered through into to a lot of those schools. Um, if I think about my time when I was an eleven year old, it was very much you know. It's where I actually came to really have an understanding of what we now call sustainability. It wasn't talked about in those terms then, but you know, I remember drawing pictures around uh, hydro H- hydrochlorofluorocarbons. If I said that correctly, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the and They're the things that the, come out of the uh, spray can. Yeah, the ozone layer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and, and and the concerns around the ozone layer. I remember drawing pictures in in uh, with Miss Barber, my uh, teacher back back then. Shout out I'm, to Miss Barber. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I, I distinctly also remember a, a, a farmer um, who is a leading farmer um, 
in uh, in Victoria who helped set up an organisation that's um, gained a lot of prominence called the, the Burger Cropping Group. And uh, Ian McClellan was his name. And he came to the school and, and spoke about and I still remember this tree in Birchett that he loved and um, he spoke about that. And I, and I hadn't thought about this idea that you could love a tree until then. Mm. And it's funny that I still think about that and I still uh, look at trees differently to this day since then. So that sort of sparked something. Those experiences are still um, sit with me. And whilst I was very much a townie growing up, you know, one of the, some of the best parts of my childhood were going to my um, auntie uncle's farms and um, experience that time um, close to the land. Um and so, yeah, so I think um, – so anyway, back to the sustainability of Victoria thing. So, so getting that role as manager of education was just uh, – has been fantastic and really um, enjoying my time at, at SV. And then um, uh, September last year, I was lucky enough um, to um, – to to to, uh, to get my current role as acting director of business and building environment, and um, get to work with um, a group of fantastic people in that group. Who um, you know, it's one of the, the best things about sustainability Victoria is its people and and everyone that goes to work there has a genuine commitment to to push Victoria forward and um, and see Victoria become a a sustainable state. So if we pan out a bit on sustainability, Victoria, because I'm sure not many people or not everyone would have heard of what they are, what they do, and the size and sort of the scope and the, the role and purpose. Um, take take let's pan out a bit. Maybe just give an overview of SV, um, what it does, why it does it, and how it's going. Yeah. Um, so sustainability Victoria is a um, is a Victorian government agency. We're a statutory a statutory we're a government agency. Statutory authority. authority statutory yeah. authority. Yeah. Um, and um, our our purpose really is to is to mobilise Victorians to 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 become more sustainable and take action on on sustainability. And we see our, our work in two sort of broad areas. One is around helping Victorians um, transition to a zero net carbon um, future, and that's something that Victoria signed up to. Uh, Victoria's made a commitment to be um, zero net carbon by twenty fifty. And the other commitment is to assist Victoria to use resources um, um, better, and um, I think we'll end up. Tra- <coughs> Excuse me, I might cut that bit for you. <coughs> you just want me to go back again? No, you're right. Um, and then uh, the other part really is around you yeah, helping Victoria to use um, resources um, um, better uh, through our resource recovery efforts um, in the waste area. And I mean, I've seen the Take Two pledge as well. Do you do a bit of stuff with business around sort of responsible um, business practice? Yeah. So, yeah. So when um, Daniel Andrews, uh, the Premier, uh, announced that Victoria would become uh, zero net carbon, at the same time uh, the government announced a, a Take Two voluntary pledge program where individuals, community organisations, uh, businesses, local governments, and the like would commit um, their efforts to helping Victoria. Become zero net carbon by 2050, and as part of that, a large number of businesses have signed up and um, have committed um, to what they're going to do. And we've played a role in um, providing them with information and support um, to, to help them um, make some of those make some of those moves. Um, we also, um, in the business area, in, in my area in particular, have have run some particular business programs helping businesses with energy efficiency really reduce their emissions um, and reduce, reduce their energy use. Awesome. Um, do you want to just have a, have a drink? Take a, take a little break. Just wet the whistle a little bit. You can always tell when people get a little bit dry. 
need a, need a bit of a second. Mm. And don't worry, I'll crop out all the, these little bits. That's fine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious as to um, how growing up in a small country town uh, in a rural space shapes how you think about a lot of these issues, sustainability, but also your, your choice to sort of work in a department that's dedicated to sustainability. Yeah, it's an interesting question and one I probably need to reflect more on. But when I think about it, you know, whilst I live in a city and have lived now in um, in urban environments for, for more than I have um, in the country, really, um, if I combine my time in Canberra with my time here in Melbourne, um, that experience living up in, um, in a really rural um, setting stays with you and really what it um, it provides me with a different perspective, I think, that I have than some people who have, you know, spent most of their time or all their time in Melbourne. And it's around, um, it's around the understanding that Victoria um, doesn't start and stop where the tram tracks. Um, um, oh, I like and, that. I like that. Um, that um, there is a, you know, <laughs> there is a world out there that's bigger than that's bigger than Melbourne, um, and a really appreciation for. Um, for Victoria uh, and the and the whole of Victoria, you know, I've had a, a, had some uh, experiences to see a lot of Victoria through through my work, you know, um, and interests, and it is a really diverse, interesting state. And I think one of the things about growing up in a, a regional or rural setting is you, you you for me anyway, it really, you know, I just love getting out of Melbourne and love getting to the country, and I think so. Just having that. That passion or that understanding for for regional um, Victoria and uh, it flows through into my work. Um, even little things like um, and country people will, will will certainly I think resonate with this. You know, if we're having a meeting, you know, I try and make it in at a reasonable time in Melbourne for people to get there. Or if they don't have to come to Melbourne, I'm quite happy to go out and meet people mm-hmm. um, where they are. And it's amazing how much people actually appreciate those little things. Just yep. that understanding. You know, I know when we'll, um, I think my, you know, my dad still tells a story when he was uh, working in Sea Lake and um, someone wanted to deliver something in Onion and they looked it up on the map and they thought, you know, it's only 10 minutes away because I used to look at them always, not realizing, you know, that um, the, the difference in scale on maps. So I just think it's those, sometimes those little things. But for me, a big part of, of, of my experience at the Birch was this real sense of, of community and um, getting in and having a go and um, and um, sort of if if you wanted to to, to to achieve something then just not being afraid to to do it you know there was a group of, of people um, when I grew up who really loved basketball we didn't have a basketball competition we didn't wait for adults to run one we just did it ourselves and yep. and got it off the ground or we wanted a youth centre we just got it off the ground um, so is that sort of um, that decision to go to Canberra as a young man sort of a pretty pivotal one for you. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons, really. One, one was, was there was a practical element in that um, I thought it was, would be more affordable than going to Melbourne. You know, the idea for me at that stage of being able to afford living in a, on residence in a, at a Melbourne college seemed pretty far off at that stage. Um, but the idea too of trying a, a path of going going down a path that not many else other people in my school had done, mm-hmm. which is you know move interstate. Um, away from sort of the comforts of home, the ability to, you know, for, for the 
even kids who, who grow up, who go to uni in Melbourne or Ballarat or wherever from Birch, the ability is always there to go home on the weekend or, or, or still see, be connected to other people um, from the, your hometown or region around you. Well, for me, I rocked up and um, uh, I didn't know didn't know a soul when I got to, to Canberra and um, and I'd have, I think that was a really um, pivotal experience and helped me grow up um, relatively quickly. Do you, think it, or, um, you think it helps you sort of in the way you – relate to people like that you don't know and sort of strike up those um, relationships? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, that's one of the things I've certainly got from, um, you know, my parents is the ability to, you know, whilst I think in their own way they they could be quite introverted, um, the ability just to have a conversation with someone or, or, or anyone. Um, I was always taught, you know, we're, we're all the um, people and we're all, all the same. So mm-hmm. um, that's always sort of allowed me to, to see, just just to see people as people, and I think I try to bring that wherever of doesn't matter what I'm doing. And do you see yourself as an introvert? Definitely, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get a lot of uh, energy from um, sitting by myself, listening to music. Um, not that that's always easy with uh, with two two uh, <laughs> outgoing crazy kids. Um, but yeah, I certainly, you know, I'm a naturally, uh, you know, by default introvert. But I, I wouldn't say that that's, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm to the point where I, you know totally cast myself away from people or, or, or anything. But do you um, do you reflect on that as um, something you take into account in how you um, deal both at home and at work? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, it is. I, I try and make sure that I've built time in for myself for that alone time. Um, it's certainly something in my career I've had to, to work at. So, you know, I've had a job as a business development person and um, as a natural introvert or a default introvert, um, that didn't always come easy, and you know, I think think about early on in my career when I had to go to a event, um, the networking time I left early, <laughs> or I went and did something yeah. else, um, and because uh, it's just not something that I that I necessarily uh, enjoyed early on. But now, you know, I'm, um, it's something that I really enjoy getting to, to out and talking to a whole range of different people about different things. So that's something that you think you can change over time or learn to appreciate things that maybe by default weren't there originally? Yeah, I think it's just part of, you know, growth. You, you know, something that might be – it's like, you know, um, it's, it, it, it's a skill in many respects mm-hmm. and – you know, it's like riding a bike, learning to write, learning to read. You know, you start off and it mightn't be easy, but you just keep trying, um, um, learn from it and just keep going. And so maybe that's a good point to talk about how you feel about being in a leadership role now and so what that journey has been like to leadership for you. Obviously, the Williamson program and learning to be a leader is one thing, but being in it and just, um, you know, embracing that with both hands, what's that sort of been like for you? Yeah, it's been it's the part that I've really liked is um thinking about community leadership and, and leadership not just as a you know, it's easy to think about leadership as a job. And it's certainly um, you know, I'm lucky enough to get to get paid to to be in a, a leadership role. Um but for me, Williamson's about thinking more broadly around my role as a leader outside of work and how I can contribute. Um outside my, my work and and that takes me back really to um, I think where I started some of my conversation here which is around um, 
my time in Birchip and really that sense of giving back to the community, mm. you know, as a 15, 16 year old, I had community meetings, you know, a couple of times a week. What, what is that? What's that like for people who didn't grow up in the country? What's a community meeting? Oh, like? well, it's not, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's everyone's experience living in the country. No, probably, no, that's why I wanted to share it. Yeah, right? that was probably the, um, oh, for me. So I was, what was, I was on, we had a junior shy council. Um, so I was involved with that. So you um, always chose to be active in that. Yeah, yeah. So I was on the, the, the council for the, um, the stadium, um, I think it was called the Indoor Recreation Centre. Um, I, if there was a, 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 I remember going to um, community meetings. So when the when um, the Birchip Shire then became the Bull Oak Shire, the, there was a, a thing called the Birchip Forum that probably exists. Um, and I remember attending those as the sort of youth representative. Um, to sort of share a, a youth voice about certain things, uh, I it was just part of it was just part of growing up for me. I just thought it, I thought it, it seemed normal to me to actually take those roles on. And look, but looking back, you know, I was always involved in the student representative council. I became you know school captain. I, I, I so I, I sort of naturally fell into uh, leadership roles mm. or um, put myself in position to fall in, in, into them. Um, and then I, whilst I, I didn't see that through from at university where I sort of, uh, studied hard and, and probably partied a little bit too hard as well. Um, but then in my professional life, I've tried to make, certainly make conscious decisions about where I worked and the sort of work I did that felt like I was, um, very much congruent to who I am as a person, um, uh, with my work. Um, but you, I'm can, at a, you can certainly see like a strong alignment that you've you've been very purposeful in how you've decided what you're going to do. Yeah, you've just fallen into careers like a lot of other people. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. I think I've been a, a fair bit of luck along the way, but I think I've been quite deliberate about where I've worked and been lucky enough to to, to do that. But I think for Williamson, for me, is now around how to around really thinking around where to next in my. Um, to lack of a better term, leadership journey. Yeah. Um, but, but how do I actually use some of my experiences from work to um, and, and from other things to to give back into the community in different ways? What, what do you know now or what can you say about leadership itself now as opposed to maybe a year ago or before you were in acting and before you'd started Williamson? Uh, can you say anything now about sort of the nature of leadership that might, might have possibly mystified you a little bit uh, previously or not been so apparent? Um, I think I think the, the thing that I always try and hold on to, but, but really I've seen it, um, actually seen it just today from a, a colleague who um, got up and did a fantastic presentation at an all-staff event um, and demonstrated their leadership just to rem- a reminder that leadership can happen at all levels and um, you don't have to necessarily uh, wait for to be asked to be in a leadership position. It's actually about, sometimes about putting yourself forward um, if you really believe in something. And uh, I think um, something that, that, that um, I really want to create an environment around is providing those opportunities where people can um, can do that. Um, where um, people can have that opportunity to sort of um, drive something forward that they really believe in and, um, and and think they can make a difference. And you're very passionate about your role as a father. Mm. Um, 
talk a bit about that and also, you know, does SV and um, flexibility at SV enable you to do that the way you want to be able to do that? Yeah, thank, good, really good question. Um, you know, when I actually left um, Bank Australia, I was making the decision that the biggest part of the conversation that I had with my wife was around um, would SV be, uh, be as flexible as um, as the bank had been? And the answer is yes and, and more so. Um, so at the moment, whilst I'm a director, um, I'm doing uh, what's called uh, 10 days in nine. Um, so I work nine days a fortnight and work longer days. Uh, and then it, uh, once a fortnight, I take a day off. Um, and so tomorrow um, I'll wake up um I'll uh, spend more time with the kids in the morning, take my son to school, um, have the day with my daughter, and then pick my son up and, and get dinner ready. And um, and that's just a, a fantastic thing to be able to do mm. um, at this point in, in, in their lives. Um, but the other thing, you know, when I started SV, I said, you know, I, I like to start early and, and leave early uh, to allow, you know, I get in you know, relatively early, but I'm home. Most days, um, you know, there's some flexibility in that, but generally most days I'm walking in the door at, you know, quarter to five, five o'clock, getting dinner on the table and being able to have that time at home um, before kids, the kids are in bed. and um, Or, you know, I try and have a, a limit if I've got work functions or whatever that they're keeping them to, to, to a two, a, two, two, two a, a week max. Um, are you rigorous about family dinner? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and be home for, for dinner as much as I can. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's sometimes things I have to go to. As I said, you know, generally I try and keep that um, down to, to twice a, a week um, to be home, which is, you know, why I was a bit late getting here because I wanted to, to, to no, be home with the kids before I came over. No, I love it. I think, um, you know, I thought that was really good and important. And, you know, to be honest, it's it's I'm glad you did that. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's important to have things that are sort of constant and, you know, no matter what you, you commit to. So I really did appreciate that. Um, so, I mean, look, let's touch back on sustainability mm. a little bit and talk a little bit about the battle we've got on our hands to get things under control to some extent. Um, where do you see SV in, in the overall apparatus of change? I mean, do you think you're in the best position you can be to make the kind of impact you want to make at systems level? Yeah, look, SV, one of the best things about SV is its closeness that we have with um, the community and that provides us with a really good opportunity to sort of drive some of that uh, change. And if I talk about it from a um, a climate change perspective, we're seeing that through, you know, the, the businesses that we're, we're working with, um, we're seeing it through um, through the Take Two Pledge and some of the, the work that that program is doing. You know, today we had a, a presentation from... Uh, the Hepburn um, Community Transitions um, work, uh, ZNet plan, which is a plan to, to make the Hepburn Shire area uh, zero net carbon by um, 2029, I believe. And, and that work, um, SV played a big role in. So seeing, you know, how SV can catalyse some of that work and see that – yeah, so seeing how SV can support – um, work like the, the zero net carbon work in uh, Hepburn and catalyse some of that work, I think really has puts us in a good place. If I think about the kind of work we're doing um, with business and, and we've done with business through um, our energy efficiency work, if I think about uh, a program called, um, like our zero net carbon homes program, which is actually working with um, volume home builders to help them uh, increase the, the supply and demand for more sustainably 
design homes and, and, and take the learnings from that and then scale it up. If I think about our Healthy Homes program, which is actually upgrading a 1,000 homes across Western Melbourne and uh, the Golden Valley region of Victoria, and really what it's testing is the hypothesis that by improving the, uh, the thermal comfort of the home, um, you're able to improve uh, health outcomes for mm. people with, with known health issues. And um, that work's extremely important. Um, and whilst there'll be a way um, yet to, to we get the final research findings from that program, the anecdotal evidence we're getting from people and the stories we hear from people are extremely heartening around the difference a home energy upgrade has made to to their lives. Oh, that's amazing. And so in terms of um, Victoria, as compared to maybe other states or other jurisdictions or countries even globally, um, are we kind of fairly progressive in going well in, in having a body like SV and sort of some of the commitments we've made as a state or is there a long way to go? Yeah, look, I, I think um, it's always easy to be hard on yourself. But when you look around, you know, there are – jurisdictions across Australia who would love an SV. We're, we're a unique sort of organisation in that where uh, whilst we're linked into a department, we're not um, inside a department. Um, if you think about, um, uh, so a country like Denmark, seen as leading in this space, you know, the city of Copenhagen sent um, some people over to SV to look at our Resource Smart Schools program because they wanted to learn from what they saw was the best sustainable education program in the world or one of the best. Um, if you, our, C, our interim CEO um, just recently returned from a trip to China where he said people uh, look to Victoria um, as a leader in um, sustainability and livability. So it's often, yeah, we can do things better. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think we're um, doing a lot that's right as well. You know, the commitment to be zero, zero net carbon by 2050 at the time was, I think, the first state um, to make that commitment. So we're, we're doing a lot right. If there were a few things that we could do that we're not doing, what would you like to see happen? Um, can I just pause everything? Sure. Sorry. That's fine. You're a pause. Yeah. So I'm keen to know from your perspective, like what kind of impact can the individual have in this in this greater game of trying to combat the the dark forces of uh of uh um climate change that are sort of coming our way and is this a hopeless fight as you know we were maybe led to believe by a lot of the fear-mongering yeah certainly not a hopeless fight at all um we're seeing you know I, i'm um, an eternal optimist and i think um but what i look to is the the statements by uh, a lot of large businesses who are really acting in this space. If I look at the the amount of uptake of um, renewables uh, globally, but, but here in Victoria where we're um, <coughs> where we're leading the way. So, and a lot of that individual action is actually a lot of that sort of state action is led by individuals um, putting solar panels on on their roofs, um, who are, are thinking about the way that they um, buy um, goods and services. The um, thinking about the way they recycle things, mm. um, you know, the, the rise of at a small a small level, but a very important level, the increase in keep cups yep. um, is just one uh, small example. But I think you know um, there are a range of things that people can do individually. Whether it's um, increase the amount of green power that green power they make, um, think about the way that they they shop and whether they they need things. Um, we've seen you know the ability of of Victorians to make 
behaviour change through things like, you know, not taking plastic bags or reducing plastic bag use. Um, and, you know, and that's, a, again, a, something the SV was um, behind and um, people can probably remember the, the jingle that SV put out around the, the plastic bag being, which is uh, bag, wallet, keys and phone. Um, so th- there's a whole lot of things that individuals can, can do. Um, and, um, you know, one of the great resources that people have in Victoria is the Sustainability Victoria website where they can find a whole range of things to do, um, whether it's um, energy efficiency improvements, whether it's around uh, information around solar. And, of course, in Victoria we have the Solar Homes Program, whether it's around information on how to recycle better. It's all um, contained on our website. So it's an interesting mix, it sounds like, of um, changing the way people make choices or the, how they think about making choices with respect to product decisions, mm. consumption decisions, lifestyle decisions. How much do you think it, food plays into it and food choices? Yeah, really good question. In fact, one of our um, programs uh, that we deliver is called Love Food, Hate Waste. And um, that again, that was a behaviour change program. And actually one of the things they, they really um, kicked off was a, um, called Love Your List, um, Love Your Food List, and really encouraging people to, to write out a, a list um, of your weekly shopping. And they found that um, by doing that, it actually reduced food waste dramatically because um, you're actually being deliberate about the choices you make when you go and buy the food. You've got a meal plan for them. Um, and that's just a really simple thing that people can do to actually reduce food waste. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think much about clothing as well and sort of, you know, how we make um, clothes decisions? Because I had an interesting podcast the other week with um, somebody in the ethical or sustainable fashion space. And I must say, I'd never thought too much about going to the op shop or um, – or well, I have thought a lot about keeping clothes for way too long because that's just been part of my life forever. <laughs> well, you can uh, – listeners can't see how I'm dressed, but I've got a, a massive big <laughs> hole in my jeans. So that probably says a little bit about I know, my dress sense and my ability to not uh, to, to throw out a pair of – man after my own heart with that kind of dress sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, certainly I think people um, – you know, when they – I think one of the first things people can think about it was really whether they need, you know, the good of service and then if they do um, – then certainly where um, they're purchasing those things for or, or think about the, the supply chain that uh, might sit behind a certain product, you know, think about that for, for food in terms of people, you know, talk about food miles or, or food kilometres here mm-hmm. in Australia and the same can can be true about, um, you know, about fashion, the same can be true about, about um, you know, I come from a banking background, the same can be true about where you, where you place your, your funds or where you borrow yeah, your money from. super banking. Yeah, the whole lot. Do you, um, is there a lot that you're kind of thinking about changing in your own life or that you have kind of changed recently that sort of reflects maybe, you know, your work at SV and your learnings in the space? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish I had of, uh, um, been working in, you know, SV's got some real experts in, um, residential energy efficiency and I wish I knew them uh, better when I was renovating my house. That's for sure. Um, the, I think you can't help but be influenced working in a place like SV. There's just, um, you know, so many people who are really passionate about the environment but combine that passion with uh, with knowledge and the ability to sit down and just have a chat and explain um, things from a different perspective. So, yeah, in, in my own life, you know, we, um, we've done a whole range of things, whether it's, you know, um, you know had the, the cloth nappies um, for our... Uh, not the old school cloth nappies, but the, the new funky ones that you can get for, <laughs> for, for, for our children where 
Um, we really think about, um, you know, we, we do composting now. We weren't doing that for a while and, and that's just, you know, it's something I get a little bit maybe too excited about. Um, <laughs> Permaculture? Yeah, not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> too soon. Yeah, too, but, but certainly the way we heat the house, the way we cool it, um, all of those things, you know, I think that's actually just a, even, even um, that's a, something, a real simple thing that people can do in their own home is think about, you know, the temperature that they that they um, heat or cool their house is just a really small but important thing that people can do. Now, you've got a very um, full-on job and family life. What do you do for yourself to sort of make sure that you're, you know, managing yourself, staying well and uh, staying in shape or coming to work in your, in your life in your best form? Um, well, uh, interestingly, uh, a podcast is something I listen <laughs> to a lot. Uh, to, to unwind, I'm an avid basketball fan, so there's a few um, – basketball podcasts that I sort of put on um, to go to sleep to, much to my uh, wife's dismay. Um, <laughs> I try and uh, really keep in contact with um, close friends. I find that something that I get a lot of energy from, fulfilment from. Um, I Just taking time out to listen to some music or um, go and see a band, um, uh, going to see uh, – the North Melbourne Football Club play a game of football. Well, let's get into that for a little bit. So how did you become such an avid North Melbourne man? I actually have no idea, to be honest. Because you're not just an avid supporter. You're into the Almanac. Uh, <laughs> you, you've pulled out some ripper recollections of um, games gone by in yesteryear and uh, cameo performances. Where does it all start for you and uh, where does uh, the passion run? Yeah, look, oh, oh, it's, yeah, it's funny because – my dad's an S. Uh, my dad's an Essendon supporter. You, you'd hate that if you listen to that. <laughs> my dad's a Collingwood supporter. My brother's an Essendon supporter. It's a seriously uh, mixed family. Yeah, and um, but it made for a lot of fun actually. And uh, so, but I really remember, you know, one of my first memories is is having, you know, a, an I'm a Matty Larkin fan badge, um, going <laughs> along to, you know, my dad would take me on the train and we'd go to Vic Park to watch uh, North Melbourne and Collingwood. Um, then, you know, going down as a kid and just seeing different football games, I just became a – and I was lucky, you know, when I sort of hit, um, you know, what, from 93 through to um, 99, North was oh, just about wow. in, in every prelim. So, you had some good years. Yeah, so it was a great time to, to sort of be growing up with, with it, to follow a team like that. And um, it's just um, – but as I've got older, I'm, I'm less – you know, I, I still love um, watching them play, but I've become – uh, it doesn't affect my mood as much as it, it may have. That's uh, probably a good thing. Fifteen years ago, so I can go to a game, have a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, the second the siren sort of sounds, that's it for me. Sounds like some uh, switch some, off. some wise self preservation <laughs> right there. Do you have a favourite player from the nineties? Oh, it's hard to to look past um, Wayne Carey is is such a, a fantastic player, but I actually. Um, Martin Pike was always a, a favourite of oh, mine. Oh, classic. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I always liked the way he went about it. When he played for North or the other clubs? Yeah, when he played for North. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, so, I mean, do you have any reflections on sort of, I mean, for yourself, obviously, it's been a very successful formula to work in jobs that have a strong purpose that's aligned to your personal purpose. Do you have any reflections on, you know, what other people might do or consider or why why it's beneficial to think that way or to make decisions that way? I think what it comes down to is just, you know, at the end of the day, I've, I've been lucky enough to make choices and have, have uh, um, in that way. Um, but I'm a big believer in the pillow test and the ability to sort of 
um, think about my day, what I've done, and put my head on the pillow and go to sleep at night. Um, and um, and so for whatever that pillow test is, it'll be different for everyone else. I think being able to stay true to that is a really, you know, if you can um, have those thoughts and, and stay true to who you are and, and um, um, throughout your working life, I think that'll put you in good stead. That's awesome. So, Steve, how can people uh, connect with you online and learn more about your work? Um, they could have a look at my uh, Twitter uh, follow, <laughs> Twitter feed, but I probably uh, won't get too much out of that other than uh, music in, in North Melbourne. Um, <laughs> uh, but certainly, you know, I encourage people to have a look at the Sustainability Victoria website. What's a, what, do you want to shout out your Twitter feed? or uh, Twitter feed, I think it's at Stephen H. Lynch. Yep, yep. Um, for anyone. Yep. Um, and um, but yeah, certainly you can see a whole lot of SV stuff on the on the website, or um, I'm pretty easy to find on on LinkedIn. Are you comfortable for people to hit you up on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Awesome, mate. Thanks so much for coming in. Pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, sixty two percent of our subscribers come from word of mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com. 